show and you make an easier showman for March 29, 2023. How's it going? How's it going? I'm doing this way too late in the evening, into the night, because I forgot to do it during the day. Nah, life has been too fucking busy. But uh, I don't remember what happened during the day, just like when Eric Stahl doesn't remember that you wore a pride practice jersey last season. Oh yeah, but my religious beliefs, yada 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 yada. I'm not going to get into that again because this Pride Night thing in the NHL has been the most ridiculous thing that I've heard all my life. But again, if you want to listen to more about that, go back to two weeks ago and listen to the uh, episode about why hockey is dying, part one. And this episode is going to be part three. And the big part is the money. So I want to talk about the money aspect of hockey. Well, let me get to the one big thing. Uh, two parts. I'm going to divide it into two. One, how the NHL has a money problem uh, as a league where it's leaving some aspects, I feel like, are leaving money on the table by, by not making the money more fluid. And then the second part of the money I wanted to talk about is the game itself when it comes to participation rate and how to go about doing it. So, number one, uh, NHL. You know, if you heard about, if you're a media sports, you know, sports media nerd or any of that, you hear this situation about the Diamond Sports or the Bali Sports and all these regional sports networks that are, like, walking away from basically all the rights that they pay for. Or they're not walking away from it, but rather they're telling all the sports leagues, whether it's the NHL, the MLB, NBA, MLS, you know, if they still had those rights, they're basically saying, we cannot afford these anymore. Therefore, we declare bankruptcy because they're way too expensive. Again, sports is the only you know, medium at this point that is live and unpredictable to a point that it's worth the value. It's up for a debate whether the sports media rights is finally reaching its bubble bursting with the situation. But what's evident is that the league that's going to suffer the most at this point out of all of the four major major sports are is the NHL. Uh, they don't have any robust digital media presence like the MLB does, who is technologically a little more advanced and ahead of the game when it comes to production than the NHL, or have a popularity you know, increase that the NBA has where its rights are I don't know, ESPN is going like, oh, it could go through 2, 3, 4, 500% more, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I am not sure if it's going to reach that level given the economic condition that we're going into in 2024. But, you know, it's definitely going to be, you know, multiples of what it has been getting from ESPN and the Turner Media, you know, TNT and all those guys. NHL, on the other hand, they just wrapped up their broadcast rights where they're virtually getting about 600 million dollars from ESPN and Turner combined you know 400 from Disney about 220 million or so from uh, Turner and the existing Canadian deal the Rogers deal from 2014 was it when they signed the historic 12-year contract where it has an escalator clause of going up 25 million a year reaching its peak at about I don't know, $500 million by the end of the contract, which is in 25, 26 season. For the reference, ESPN and Turner contracts are up in 
26-27 season. Um, I think they signed the seven-year contract back for the 20-21 season. Now, or 21-22 season, rather. Now, the problem is arising at the moment because Rodgers has been losing money ever since they signed this deal. Clearly, they overpaid. That is, there's no doubt about that. I heard something where they're losing about $200 million a year at least annually where they you know ever since they signed this contract back in 2014 was it and it's still a point where you know they they had a huge reshuffle of like the media personality i talked about that last week on just the personality and management front but dude canadian market's depleting when it comes to these opportunities and then the one of the largest corporations in canada probably the largest is losing ridiculous amount of money on this shitty deal. Now, if you average it out, $4.9 billion over 12 years, uh, you're looking at about $400 million U.S. So combine that with $600 million, going back to NHL. NHL is making about a billion dollars starting last season just on the national TV contracts in U.S. and Canada. Now, this Bali situation is up, which means whether it's St. Louis, Detroit... Columbus, uh, Phoenix, name the other regional networks that are Bali something, are shit out of luck, and then they're not gonna make money, and you would, and are they gonna you know siphon off of a billion dollars, and it's to a point where I also kind of go like, all right, what about the other sales? They added two stickers, whether it's on the helmet, one for the road, one for the home you know, for sponsorships, you know, it's adding space. And then now they added the on Jersey sponsorship. They have immersive advertising, which I actually got used to. I don't hate it like I did in the beginning of the season. So there are a lot of like advances of advertisement opportunities that they're putting in. Now, the problem with that is if the TV ratings aren't up, which has been the big controversy this season, that the TV ratings are dipping in the NHL compared to last season, Ah, uh, what's the point of point paying for those advertising dollars? Because Rogers in Canada has had its problems since 2014 for the last 78 seasons that they could not make up for the advertising dollars, advertisement dollars that I thought it would could fetch, getting an NHL exclusivity. Whenever this deal is up, what's likely going to happen is uh, Rogers and Bell Media, who owns TSN, will have to split this. Kind of like how ESPN and Turner are paying for the NHL rights. So, am I, but it's about three, four years from now. Do I think, you know, NHL is going to fetch four seasons from now what they're getting? About $400 million in average from U.S.? Uh, I would be very, very surprised if a combined bid, because even Bell cannot pull this out of their ass. At this point, unless they raise their cable fee and all that to the ridiculous amount, if it's not already high enough in the world, I will be very shocked if they combine meet four hundred million dollars at this point. If Rogers is losing two hundred thirty million or more at this point per season, you think Bell is gonna, you know, fess up the money and do this shit, or is like, oh, it could be a streaming 
you know, property that could co- go in and swoop in and get it, whether it's Apple, Amazon, you know, Netflix, you know, who knows? Netflix might get into it, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, the hockey is not getting the same traction that NBA is getting. NBA is likely going to make that money, what you know, outside of the traditional uh, networks, whether it's ESPN, Turner, although they're cutting down quite a bit. Hey, you're hearing NBC again. The NBA on NBC, Michael Jordan days, round rock ball. You know, you know, it's like, hey, round ball rock. Is that going to happen again? But the reality, and then on top of that, they might go, oh, we might go Amazon or Apple TV on this. I don't know if NHL has the same leverage to do that. Uh, so I will say maybe two companies, Bell and Rogers, give NHL $400 million dollars combined in U.S. dollars, maybe. And, you know, I was like, oh, is it going to be the zone or something? Some other thing come in, but you know they'll come nowhere close to those hundreds of millions of dollars annually to get those exclusive streaming rights, whether it's in Canada or U.S. at this point. Where I get any special games? What what is the incentive to? Because ESPN and Turner signed that, right? I They left a lot of Unfortunately, NHL stifled. And the other thing that I would add to this money situation is uh, the jersey fender. They announced it last week, right after I recorded. I thought it was a joke. We had a joke about this, which was NHL signed the new equipment, the jersey vendor, which is the Fanatics brand. Now... Some of you may be asking, what the fuck, Fanatics makes jerseys? Uh, yes. And the other part of these people, they're going like, holy crap, I bought a Fanatics jersey. It's donkey, like fucking dog shit. It feels like a Chinese ripoff with a fucking Fanatics logo just slapped on it. So that is a perception of the brand. And I think the NHL and the Fanatics said, no, 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 we're going to use the same manufacturer that we use for Adidas or Reebok in the past, but we're just going to put a Fanatics logo slapped on it. Well, my question to the NHL is, it's this is exactly like when they first signed the deal with the Outdoor Life, Outdoor Network, was it? You know, out, Outdoor Life Network, Lifetime Network, OLN, which became the Versus, which became the NH- NBC Sports Network. You know, coming out of the lockout, so they lost to ESPN and ABC. And people are going like, oh, you know, NHL, they start with like all these like unknown brands and then they grow those brands. What I'll say to that right now is, look, look, what ha- what happened to the OLN or the Versus Network? The network is gone now. That channel's gone. That NBC, Comcast, Universal didn't decide to come back. They didn't match the money that ESPN and Turner said. So that relationship building and then building brand equity, while you know I got used to having NHL on NBC, oh, what did that result in? Oh, I guess we got into ESPN and Turner. But I just go like, what the fuck was the point of OLN and Versus at that point? It just shows you how lowly you were. And then you get out of it and pivot into a better branding opportunity and a better money on the table with ESPN and Turner, which I think has, you know, really good cred to go with. But you're taking like another step backward financially, taking Fanatics as your main sponsor. I know Fanatics 
being a what is it the e-commerce company that's a that everybody every league and every sport even wrestling they use it now for WWE WWE abandoned their own WWE shop effort and just went to Fanatics platform uh but I just go like it's at a point where Adidas said we're fucking done with this shit it's at a point where you know Adidas walked away from just the hockey business as a whole CCM and then Koho that was really part of Reebok but Adidas only got it because Adidas bought Reebok and before that, it was, what, Nike for, like, a few years? And then we had starter jerseys in the 90s. You know, what happened to Champion, bro? I, I would rather have a Champion brand NHL jersey at this point than a fucking Fanatics. But it, the, the, the optics of this makes it look ridiculous for the NHL as to... It's not a brand progressing. It's a brand that's regressing. I know a lot of people are complaining. It's like, well, why couldn't they just go get Nike or like thing? It's like, dude, Adidas walked the fuck away. They're trying to save the money from the Kanye disaster. But also, it's like, NHL ain't raising money compared to soccer or even like whatever. Or what about Nike then? Nike makes Olympic jerseys and all the international jerseys. True. But I'm like, I'm sure Nike was like, you're not a sport that's growing for us. We walked away from Nike business, Nike Bauer business. Nike had Bauer, and then they got rid of it. The only resemblance that Nike has with hockey is just like, you know, you know, fitting all the equipments for the college teams and then the national programs for Olympics. But otherwise, there's no presence for them. But, like, I'm sure NHL is like, we weren't going to get the revenue with the Nike. But, you know, if I were in the NHL, I would think long term. Are you going to go from the fanatics and then, like, build a brand to make the same move that they made with, like, going from NBC to ESPN Turner? I don't know if fanatics is a great form to fucking do that. It's great for fanatics. I don't think it's great for the NHL. I understand why NHL did it, but I feel like, you know, walking away or to a point that your your league is not attractive enough for traditional sporting brands... Fuck, where's Umbro? Where's fucking Puma in this shit? I mean, I mentioned the champion. You know, champion used to make NBA jerseys, you know, when Michael Jordan was playing. But you get the idea. Like, NHL just, like, had to pull this deal because, like, oh, we're already using this as an e-commerce thing and then whatever, yada, yada, yada. I feel like they left the more upside money, you know, off the table. And this is also causing a, you know, stalemate. You know, NHL is making all these things, the broadcast rights, regional rights going away, Adidas money, you know, not coming in. You know, they're projecting that they cannot increase the cap space. But you know what that introduces? Shitty-ass fucking product. The stale product. One of the reasons that Rodgers is losing a lot of money on the NHL deal is because the Toronto Maple Leafs sucked. Just admit it. The Maple Leafs not making it past the first round, the last whatever many God knows how many years has just completely depleted Rodgers of making money going in second, third, fourth round. Nobody gives shit about the fucking Oilers. I'm sorry, I love Connor McDavid, but nobody gives a shit. You know? They don't. Vancouver Canucks, Toronto don't give a fuck. Montreal, this is the Habs fans, alright? But like, did they produce like better ratings during the 2021, the pandemic bubble season? I think this league is regressing 
from a lot of factors already not doing its job, you know, and then the culture of it is causing all this, like I talked about the last two weeks. But it left a lot of money on the table. I think they should spend the money or take the short-term loss to make the game interesting. Whether it's a Fanatics one, bow down to Nike and say we're going to grow the game. Because they lost a lot of gap when they were on Versus and NBC Sports Network. Not getting the ESPN equity. Because ESPN said we're not paying that fucking money. You know? And same thing is happening. Like all these cap space situations. NHL is going to... And they take these excuses or the reality of it really that what I just talked about the last 10 minutes of limited money coming in from all these different avenues to say we cannot increase the cap space well what it's already forgetting is that the culture itself is so shit that people the players cannot market themselves although they're getting better at it it's gonna probably take two three seasons to like get the players to be themselves you know and then probably but I also go like Look, like, if you're not having... The NBA is fun. MLB was fun this past offseason because people are able to fluidly move between the teams. The current structure, you know, virtually every team is capped, like, in a cap hell. Other than the Seattle Kraken for being an expansion team in Arizona, Coyotes, for just being a gutter of a fucking team that's dragging down this fucking league for no reason. They should move to Houston or some shit. It's a it's an awful waste of time. It's a lack of fluidity, you know, which is completely ironic compared to the product that's on ice, which is the most continuous, fast, you know, keeps at least my attention to watch the game full 60 minutes. Unless it's the fucking Sabres that I'm watching for like gazillions time this season or the Blue Jackets on TNT. But even then, savers are fun. Tage Thompson or some shit. But the fact that the players cannot, like, freely move around. I know this trade deadline this season was a little interesting when, you know, with the cap magic and cap engineering. But it, this stifled movement of lack of money moving around, even just within the league, whether it's salary, free agency, and NHL just keep going like, no, we cannot raise the salary cap by more than a million dollars. What the fuck is a million dollars when then, like, on that? Everybody has a cap hell, more than a two-third of the fucking league. I would just loosen it at this point for the good of the fucking game. I know the players would be like, oh, my God, we're going to get our salary increases, and NHL is like, we can't afford this shit. But I kind of go like, look, the Players Association... And then the league, they need to look at each other and be like, our league is fucking boring. There's no drama. Other than talking about nostalgia shit I talked about last week about the media. What's the interest? Like, trade deadline was partially interesting, but I don't know who the exciting free agent is because there's no point looking into it. This league has no fluidity with the money fluidly moving. And then the excuse of like, we are not getting good money income coming in to just stifle the rest of the fucking league, not moving it along, not advancing, is just fucking annoying. The league has left a lot of money on the table thinking short term. They did that with the NBC situation coming out of the 0405 lockout. And now this fanatic situation 
with the jersey fitters. And I'm like, it's a fucking embarrassment. Like, I would have I would have sacrificed a few years and say, hey, Nike, do you want to equip us for the five years or something? You know, Major League Baseball had Under Armour who was going to equip them in 2019 season until Under Armour kind of pulled pulled out, you know, pulled out in the very last second and Nike swooped in and said, all right, we'll fit the Major League Baseball. Why did Nike do that? Although baseball is not like getting popular, but now it's getting interesting. And MLB took the deal. I mean, they could have stuck with Majestic, but they didn't either because Majestic wasn't going to match a Nike money. But the fact that like you got to go after the brand equity that matters and that's relevant, even though you don't make money. And then like all these merchandising opportunities that NHL could have had. You know, going on Nike app versus a fucking Fanatics website. It just it just boggles my mind. I would have taken a short-term sacrifice to do that, such as an equipment sponsor. Such as this cap space thing. I'm sure the league will talk about it. It's not adding to the progressive movements like they, this league should be making. This offseason is going to be boring. Oh, we'll have a bunch of trades that will fit some bare minimum cap space that they got left to, like, you know, appease everybody. I just go, like, this league is fucking stupid. And it's been almost 20 years of years of this since the the 21st century's first lockout in 0405. I don't think this brand and this league and this sport grew so much. I I just don't. I just think it's regressing. You look at the participation rate. I'm a little over time, but hell, I'll get to it. Hockey is the most expensive sport to get start, started. And on top of that, you have this like fucking insular culture that I talked about for every week now the last three weeks. That makes you just turn off for like from going into it. You know, J.J. Watt talked about it. It's like, hey, J. somebody on Twitter asked J.J. Watt, the great defensive end who just retired. Long-time Houston Texan. Long, you know, sometime, short-time Arizona Cardinal. Yeah, he's from Wisconsin. And he's like, yeah, I was pretty good at it, but then it was too fucking expensive, so I, I don't play. J.J. Watt is my age, bro. Like, 34, 35. So it wasn't like early to mid 2000s that he was playing, and then it's like I had to give up because it's the parents couldn't afford it in America. And then I look at like college hockey in the U.S. and stuff. It's like where are these fucking kids from? It's like oh, nice place, Massachusetts. You know, a lot of places in Michigan. You get these all these Florida kids. You get these California, Arizona kids. I mean, I'm glad that Gary Bettman's effort of like trying to get the Tampa Bay Lightning and then the Florida Panthers of the fucking world and the Coyotes even, you know, having it work and the LA Kings and Anaheim Ducks. But at the same time, I just go like, oh, hockey is an upper middle class sport in America. Like, it's it's up there with fucking swimming. <laughs> you know? I just go like, I mean, it's the nature of the sport itself, but I just go like, is NHL doing a better job, like, making the game attractive and give alternatives? I'm sure the league is saying they're trying. I think even Seattle, you know, the new expansion franchise, I look at that team and I go, like, I love the cultural inclusivity and everything that they're doing. 
I really think they're doing the right thing despite how cringy they look culturally. But I also go the affordability aspect of it. I go, dude, only people who can come to these games, only people who can probably afford with that sales tax in that fucking state are probably tech bro dads. Kind of like, you know, future me or something that could afford loving the game and growing the game out there. Which is the way I felt when I walked into that Climate Pledge arena. I go like, y'all are a bunch of like yuppie hipsters, you know? Or like transplants who knew hockey. Whether you're from Colorado or Midwest or something. Minnesota or something. But otherwise, if I try to find, you know, a fan, say, down in Pierce County, south of King, Tacoma, Auburn, all these yada 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 places. And I go like, alright, can... Is hockey affordable to a point that, like, you bring those kids up, you know, or fucking wherever else in the Washington state? I know Seattle Kraken are probably going to try to continue to spread the game, you know, within the state. It's not like the hockey wasn't there before. They have, God's sakes, they have, like, three different junior hockey teams in the WHL. The Seattle Thunderbirds, Patrick Marlowe played, yes, Everett Silvertips. And then Tri-City Americans. You know, down in Yakima. But I just go like, alright. We're like, how can you grow from there? They've been, those franchises have been around forever. But you get the idea. It's just like, where do you find the pool of the young kids and the parents to encourage to play those? I think Seattle is trying and they'll get there. This is only their second season. But I started getting worried about that. Like only people who can come to this arena and afford to come to a game here are fucking Microsoft, Amazon, and other tech bros. Otherwise, if you're just working as a teacher, I don't know how you afford that season ticket, for example. Every ticket starts at least like $180. I was fucking flabbergasted when they, you know, I'm on the season ticket list and do that. So just from the affordability factor... Even in those new markets, I just go like, what the fuck? I look at the Red Wings skits. It's fucking expensive. All right, can I go play? Uh, it's hard to find the ice time. And then, like, equipment's getting more expensive with the supply chain that, you know, that kind of lasted since last year. I can't go play for fun. I'll, I'll just go play ball hockey. But even then, I'll just, like, wait for spring, summer at this point. I just lose interest. And then I don't know how I will be able to pass on that passion that I had as a young teenager and onward to my next offspring. See, this is why I kind of wonder if hockey is in a severe regression, whether it's from culture, lack of advancement in media personalities to promote the game, and from financially, whether it's affordability or leaving money on the table to improperly like promote the game for really like nominal short-term gains i just go this really added up the last two decades now am i looking at it more do i sound like i'm looking at it more like a glass half empty perspective maybe but really think about it do people talk about hockey even in these regions to the degree that you expected whether it's uh, illinois michigan fucking rock the Rockies I mean when those teams are hot yeah people talk about it but I I also kind of wonder like I don't think the enthusiasm is there like they used to 
I think you get those like topical cities, topical markets that are hot at that moment. Vegas five years ago when they started. Seattle the last couple of years and Seattle team is doing better and then it's still the fresh new thing. Tampa has been great, you know, because they're winning. Colorado was like fucking trash, you know, after the mid-2000s. But then now they just like ramp back up. So it's looking good again. But what about Ohio? What about here in Michigan for Detroit? What? Where is the loyalty for the fucking whatever? What about Calgary? You know, they're supporting, but like it's a shitty-ass arena. People don't give a shit about the Canucks at this point. They're just mad at the Canucks in Vancouver. What about California? You just have the same. You know, Anaheim is fucking trash. Chicago, you know, it's you know, it's on the down. I mean, New York, I guess, is like Rangers are better. Islanders, Devils, Carolina is like kind has been a hot market, but I feel like they're getting hot because. They're getting good the last few years. I just I just wonder, you know, if the growth is really consistent all around. And you could have the same argument about NBA. Like, hey, is NBA growing at the same level in all these other markets other than the big markets? Everybody wants to be a Laker. Everybody wants to go to L.A. or New York or Brooklyn or something. Do people give a shit about the Pistons? You know? I... But NBA, if you look at it, it's like it's such an easy league to like replenish and go that like every market is healthy. Every team is a little more competitive than before. The losers are still the fucking losers, like the Charlotte Hornets, where Michael Jordan's selling his team. But that's a mismanagement. Fucking Portland Trailblazers is like oh fucking limited, but like Damian Lillard's there. Utah Jazz are like still pretty competitive. Otherwise, all the other markets are still pretty healthy and there's enough drama for people to watch. You know? Their ratings are better than the NHL because of the drama. The drama only happens because of the soft cap in this league. So there's a fluidity of the game and then the finance of it. Does NHL offer that? Fuck no. So because of that, I'm... The conclusion I'm coming to is it's a lot of insular culture that has impacted whether, you know, again, the media and then fucking vanilla media that has produced nothing and probably ruined the media market in Canada and then the pipeline of talent that could have been the last 20 years. And then the the conservative spending through this conservative culture that just went with the safe choices the last 20 years that has not exactly grown the game. Oh, I forgot to mention the Olympics. You see the World Baseball Classic and all that. I'm, I'm way over time on this. Another thing, they left the money on the table. Short-term thinking. I talked about this in the very beginning. They didn't go to the 2018 Pyeongchang Olympics. Oh, Korea, don't give a fuck. Not thinking you need to grow the game in Asia in general. Say, we'll go to Beijing and COVID hit. Money left on the table. And did you do a World Cup of Hockey? No. You did a bum-ass one where you had a team rest of the world or team Europe and then a bunch of like Team North America. I'm sorry, but like you can't do that shit and expect to grow the game and have people fucking watch it. That ain't a fucking country. 
There's not a World Cup. That ain't a fucking world. This this dumbass culture has affected the game like to the next level. It just it just makes me go, wow. This league, this sport, this management has wasted the last 20 years despite they found a way to make a billion dollars a year but who knows how long might that last right so my solution is number one keep getting upset you know upsetting the culture is a good thing but number two they need to kind of loosen up a lot financially and then the media personality wise if that doesn't happen in this fucking league this league is going to be bypassed by MLS, potentially WNBA, in the next 20 years. That's my prediction. But anyways, thanks for listening to my jibber-jabber the last three weeks about hockey, why hockey is dying. But think about it. There's one root cause of it, and no one wants to take a big step forward to fix the matter. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. And then we'll see you in April. You know. Oh, I think it's a Passover episode. You're not going to get passed over. Because I'll be here. All right.